0: Loving and holy Father in heaven, blessed be your holy name for your goodness and love that you have shown to us. We thank you for giving us the privilege to be among the living today. We thank you Lord for protecting us through the night. We thank you for good health, for providing for us all the basic necessities of life and for supplying our spiritual needs too. We are grateful for all these things O oh lord we owe you a lot we owe you our lives and we ask lord to consecrate our lives to your service help us lord to have power grant us of your spirit that we may live for you as we go through the words for our devotion this morning we pray that your spirit shall grant us understanding and impress the truths in our heart and give us power and grace to live for you put your words in our mouth that we may speak blessings, life and health and peace to all who would listen. Glory be unto your name as you answer our prayers, O Lord. In Jesus' name I prayed. Amen. Our High Calling June 4 The Work of Heart Keeping Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 Diligent heart keeping is essential to a healthy growth in grace. The heart, in its natural state, is a habitation for unholy thoughts and sinful passions. When brought into subjection to Christ, it must be cleansed By the Spirit from all defilement. This cannot be done without the consent of the individual. When the soul has been cleansed, it is the duty of the Christian to keep it undefiled. Many seem to think that the religion of Christ does not call for the abandonment of daily sins, the breaking loose from habits which have held the soul in bondage. They renounce some things condemned by the conscience, but they fail to represent Christ in the daily life. They do not bring Christ likeness into the home. They do not show a thoughtful care in their choice of words. Too often, fretful, impatient words are spoken. Words which stir the worst passions of the human heart. Such ones need the abiding presence of Christ in the soul. Only in his strength can they keep guard over the words and actions. In the work of heart keeping, we must be instant in prayer, unwearied in petitioning the throne of grace for assistance. Those who take the name of Christian should come to God in earnestness and humility, pleading for help. The Christian cannot always be in the position of prayer, but his thoughts and desires can always be upward. To keep your heart in heaven will give vigor to all your graces and put life into all your duties to discipline the mind to dwell upon heavenly things will put life and earnestness into all our endeavors. Our efforts are languid and we run the Christian race slowly and manifest indolence and sloth because we so little value the heavenly price. We are dwarfs in spiritual attainments. It is the privilege and duty of the Christian to be increasing in the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is The Work of Heartkeeping. Our key text supplies the reason why there is indeed a work of heartkeeping. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So, from here, we see that we are instructed to keep our heart. And it is a duty that lies to us as humans. We do not expect angels to do the work for us. Or we don't expect Jesus to do it for us. It is our own duty to keep our heart. And we are told how this work is to be done at least in the sense of the, 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 the hard work and we are told how it is diligently. Keep your heart with all diligence. The word diligence suggests to us hard work and attention to detail. That is what diligence is about. So in keeping of the heart, we are to be hardworking, persistent and also paying attention to the heart to the little details of the heart, ensuring that the heart is not getting the better of us. The Bible says that the heart of man is desperately wicked, evil, that's how our heart is and it says who can know it. This heart can deceive the owner of the heart and deceive us ourselves and that's why we are to pay close attention to our heart. Because if we leave it in its natural state, it is evil and the Bible describes it as desperately wicked. The heart is like a criminal, one that needs to be watched at all times. You put your eyes away from it for a second and then it strays and does something that you shouldn't do. The heart is to be cleansed first of all and when we talk of the heart. Remember, in yesterday's devotion, we already saw that. We are referring to the mind. We are referring to the mind. We looked at the new heart day before yesterday, the sign of the new heart. How do you know you have a new heart and how can you get a new heart? And we read our High Calling, page 159, paragraph 5. When Jesus speaks of the new heart, he means the mind, the life, the whole being. To have a change of heart is to withdraw the affections from the world and fasten them upon Christ. To have a new heart is to have a new mind, new purposes, new motives. What is the sign of a new heart? A changed life. For more information on that, you can go to the devotion on June second of our High Calling on the podcast. And I believe it will be a wonderful, wonderful blessing to you. And you can also see... June 3, beware of the hard heart to add more information to that. Today, God wants to speak to us of something he has always told us. It is not a new thing. Keeping the heart with all diligence means abiding in Christ. It is something we have talked about severally, but we cannot stop talking about it. Because that's the only way the heart can be kept with all diligence. Abiding in Christ is the the summary of the Christian's life. So the solution to every problem that we have as far as sin is concerned and righteousness and holiness is concerned, it is simply given in that statement, abide in me as Jesus said it. How is the heart cleansed? Jesus says, John 15 verse 3, now you are clean through the word I have spoken unto you. And as we read in our devotion, it says in this high calling, uh, page 161 paragraph 3, when the soul has been cleansed, It is the duty of the Christian to keep it on the file. Before that, we are told that our hearts can be cleansed by the Spirit of God and you know that the Spirit and the Word are one and the same thing. Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. When Jesus then says you are clean through the Word, that is through the Spirit of God because the Word is Spirit. After Jesus says that we are clean, he then tells us our duty, abide in me. That is the keeping of the heart with all diligence. To keep the heart with all diligence, as we've said, severally, you must pray without ceasing. You must have a habit on of, of meditating on the Word of God. You must learn to store up the Word of God in your mind beforehand and then as you go about your day's duties allow yourself to think on those words to dwell on them to develop it and try to understand it better if you don't do that guess what happens the heart starts to pick up everything around it all the music that they're playing around you as you're going to work and all the discussions going on around you and even if the place is silent as a grave the heart doesn't need external things to get distracted in and of itself it will stray into wrong directions that is why we always constantly have a work to keep our heart to train the thoughts to dwell upon heavenly things to discipline the mind to have a habit so that the the the, the heart will naturally find it easy to stray in the right direction that's what the discipline is and training is train the thoughts to dwell upon heavenly things if it has a habit of going into the low and sensual things oh you like to dwell on ambition thinking of how oh, by tomorrow i'll get this amount of money and next tomorrow i'll get this amount and then i'll build this house and it just keeps going and building dreams and castles in the head or then goes on into the low and sensual uh, thinking of uh the movie you watched and the romantic things and developing on it, imagining romantic thoughts in the mind. The heart is strained, you need to bring it back. Or Vengeance, the mind is angry with someone and you start thinking of how I should have done this, I should have done that and all the things you are thinking of are only evil continually. Thinking of the past and if I knew I would have done this or that or even the future because you are angry with someone and thinking of evil towards that person. We must be careful. The mind needs to be disciplined to dwell on the word of God. I'll tell you how that is done. Firstly, you cannot do this if you don't have a habit of studying the word of God and allow the word of God, the principles in the word of God to be your guide. You must hate that which is evil and love that which is good. And when you hate evil, when the heart wants to stray, you say, No, no, I cannot dwell on this kind of thoughts. I don't like vengeance, I don't like sensual things i don't like pride so i'll bring my heart back to dwell on good things you must love righteousness and learn to study the word of god so that after just like just like the ruminant animals you chew on the word of god then later on even when there is no word of god before you when you are going about your days duties you can bring back what you have studied into your mind as the ruminant animal brings back the cord it has chewed uh, the, the, the grass bring it back to his mouth to chew it again we must learn to do this if we have not studied beforehand when we go about our days duties we will not be able to bring to our minds things subject matter to dwell upon that are innocent, godly, and elevating. So praying without ceasing, meditating on the word of God, and the study of the word of God will help the heart to be kept with all diligence. And when we don't do this, what happens? It shows in our words. It shows in our actions as we read that our words become fretful, irritating, irritable. Also, we, we begin to insult people. You find yourself in your home. When you see yourself being petty towards others easily sensitive at people's words or you also speaking words to people that are annoying that causes quarrels in the home the heart is not being kept at all diligence that's why it says that there are some of us as Christians who when we come to Christ we renounce some things but not all things we don't remember that the word of God and the claims of God goes to our words and our thoughts God has claims upon our words and has claims upon our thoughts and He demands that even our thoughts and words must be in harmony with His law. When we speak words that are not edifying, when we speak words that insult or impatient fretful words, our heart is not being kept, when we get angry and it shows in our words, and our actions the heart is not being kept and what do we need he says such ones need the abiding presence of christ in the soul only in his strength can they keep guard over the words and actions has there been times in your life where you are about to say something i remember in my own life recently in fact i realized that maybe i want to have a certain discussion and the holy spirit is there to tell me no don't bring up that discussion it's not good sometimes we get into unnecessary gossip discussing things we should not discuss about certain people there's this song that i have that says quick to listen slow to speak i play the song immediately it comes to my mind whenever you want to say something that is wrong that song comes to my mind quick to listen slow to speak and it makes me just stop myself on the track and i don't go on The song is gotten from the book of James chapter 3 that talks about the words, how we should be careful with our words. So, because this passage is in my mind and the song especially, not even just the passage, that song, because it's in my mind, when I want to say things that are wrong or there's a suggestion in my mind to say certain things, that song just comes up and says, quick to listen, slow to speak. And I I, I then say, oh, I enjoy the song, I play it for myself and just guides me so that I don't say things that are wrong. That's the power of song. To keep the heart of all the distance, it's good to plug your ears in this world that we're in, especially those who are in the cities. You need to plug your ears so that you are not always hearing what people are playing from their own homes or the shops close to you or the discussions even going on that are not good because this mind is already evil when we hear bad things, they come there, they dwell there and it's difficult, made more difficult for us to keep our hearts with all diligence you need to get an earpiece something to put in your ears so that you can always be playing even the word of God or scripture songs spiritual songs that will keep your heart with all diligence so that the heart will have something to dwell upon if you give it music it's easy for the heart to dwell upon godly music because you are playing it there all the time so that when you unplug your ears you'll find out that naturally those songs will come to the mind you can sleep and wake up and in the morning the first thing in your mind is a godly song why because previously throughout the day or even while you were sleeping you left that song on so that the thing was entering the ear even though you were sleeping somehow it was entering there or throughout the day that's what you are listening to and then the heart has subject matter to dwell upon depending on what you have been doing recently the heart will pick up from that and dwell upon that so that's why it's a daily thing the heart is not going to dwell upon what you did five years ago or 20 years ago it may do that sometimes but easily it dwells upon the things that we do now the things we have done today yesterday the things that are recent you see it's just like a computer or even your phone they usually show you recent pictures isn't so recent places when you go to your file manager they'll show you the things you've done recently the pictures the music the videos that has been played recently or that has been looked upon recently that's how the heart is it can easily pick on recent things so we have the advantage today what are you going to do you can build you can allow your heart to be kept with all diligence by today playing the godly music it, you see, the kingdom of God suffered violence and violence take it by force. When by violence takes it by force, it means that we have to make great efforts against what is happening around us to keep our hearts with all diligence. If you leave yourself, you are in the world. The world is the world. They will always crowd upon us with evil. You need to do something to push back on the world. Push it back. And tools have been given to you. You have your phone. Instead of going to places that are not good, why don't you play the godly music or play some sermons in your head. But I tell you, if you, ha- you want your heart to be kept with all diligence, I- music is very powerful. It's going to be difficult for you to necessarily, the heart to easily just wake up and then the first thing playing in the head is a sermon that you heard yesterday. No, it is very, very easy for the heart to rather play music listen to the sermon, play the music continuously, even if it's just one music, sometimes I play one song from morning till evening, my friends know me, I can do that, or one song through the night, when you play just one, guess what, the heart can easily pick on that one, than when you play plenty godly music, it won't easily stay, but when you play just one music, I remember Psalm 85, I'm always playing that music, Psalm 85, the thing stays, And when you wake up in the morning, it's on your mind. When you're doing duties all through the day, it's on your mind because you've been playing that song. Godly things, studying the Word, listening to sermons, they help you to keep your heart with all diligence. Don't allow your heart to stray. It will stray if you don't do something about it. Naturally, it will always stray. It is hard work to keep it. Let us engage in this hard work. The Lord has helped us. You can listen to the devotion in June uh, 2 that talks about the new heart. In case you, want, you are struggling and you want to know how you can get that, June 2, June 3, they talk about how we can do that. And then now we are talking about how to keep the heart with all diligence. If you have not learned first of all how to get the new heart, because you cannot keep the old heart with all diligence, there's no need doing that. We need a new heart first but even that new heart if it is not kept it will stray when we say new heart like we need a transformation the bible says in romans chapter 12 verse 2 and be ye not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. So we need a renewed heart, a renewed mind, and that renewed mind is the one that is to be kept. It's not the old one. If you keep the old one to continue to stray, this renewed mind that the Lord has given to us must be kept with all diligence. Because if you don't do that, it will also stray. So to get the renewed mind we'll not talk about that much like i said the devotion of two days ago and yesterday has already addressed that so if you want to know more on that you can listen to, to those two devotions but today we are talking about how to keep it i hope that these lessons have been blessings to us may the lord help us in jesus name amen the reading says that many
1: seem to think that the religion of christ does not call for the abandonment of daily sins the breaking loose from habits which have held the soul in bondage when it was time for Lot to leave Sodom, the angel of the Lord had to draw him the angels they held him by the hand to leave He was hesitating, and on the plain, the wife showed that she, whilst her feet was on the plain, her heart was still in Sodom. She would not abandon their old life and she was always trying to go back and we, we saw the result. See some renounce, they renounce some things condemned by the conscience, but they fail to represent Christ in the daily life. There was once a king called Saul. He would select some cherished good looking animals to keep aside to spare even when God ordered him to destroy all he did not completely surrender his heart to God we are not wholly surrendered if we fail to represent Christ in the daily life the part of the reading that really I want us to look at is the third paragraph where it says they do not bring Christ likeness into the home you see, we've been told that our homes were supposed to be symbols of what heaven is. And so many do not bring Christ likeness into the home. They do not show a thoughtful care in their choice of words. Too often, fretful, impatient words are spoken, words which stir the worst passions of the human heart. Such words need the abiding. Such ones need the abiding presence of Christ and the soul. Only in his strength can they keep guard over the words and actions. Some fathers are sunny Christians. You know, when you meet them in the church and in the streets, they are wonderful. They are smiles. They greet people. They talk to people. You, You will love them. But wait. Wait until you meet them in the home meet them in their home. In fact, I want to read from Adventist Home, page 37. You see, good men needed more than great minds. The happiness of families and churches depends upon home influences. Eternal interests depend upon the proper discharge of the duties of this life. The world is not so much in need of great minds, as of good men who will be a blessing in their homes. Your cheerfulness, your broad smiles, those ones you give to strangers' parents, bring them into your homes. A lack of courtesy, a moment of petulance, a single, rough, thoughtless word will mar your reputation and may close the door to hearts so that you can never reach them you see now for parents and guardians you know we we live in a world where children are proving more difficult to control and i feel for mothers they have to scream and shout and kick for the child to move they they seem so stubborn and so so cold so in, indifferent to the f- feelings of parents and so I, I would like to read please listen to the words from the book Child Guardians, the ordering and scolding. Some parents raise many a storm by their lack of self-control. Instead of kindly asking the, ch- the children to do this or that, they order them in a scolding tone. And at the same time, a censure or reproof is on their lips which the children have not merited. Parents, this course pursued towards your children destroys their cheerfulness and ambition. They do your bidding, not from love, but because they dare not do otherwise. Their heart is not in the matter. It is a drudgery instead of a pleasure, and this often leads them to forget to follow out your directions which increase your irritation and makes it still worse for the children. The fault finding is repeated, their bad conduct arrayed before them in glowing colors until discouragement comes over them and they are not particular whether they please or not. A spirit of I don't care seizes them and they seek that pleasure and enjoyment away from home, away from their parents, which they do not find at home. They mingle their street company and are soon as corrupt as the worst to an arbitrary cause of action. The will of the parents must be under the discipline of Christ, molded and controlled by the God's pure Holy Spirit. They may establish unquestioned dominion over the children but if the parents are severe and exacting in their discipline they do a work which they themselves can never undo by their arbitrary course of action they stir up a sense of injustice to injustice children are sensitive to the least injustice and some become discouraged under it and will neither heed the loud angry voice of command nor care for threatenings of punishment rebellion is too frequently established in the hearts of children through the wrong discipline of the parents when if a proper cause had been taken the children would have formed good and harmonious character a mother who does not have the perfect control of herself is unfit to be to have the management of children when the mother gives her child a jerk or blow do you think it enables him to see the beauty of the christian character no indeed it would Tend to raise evil feelings in the heart and the child is not corrected at all. To so harsh unsympathetic words, Christ is ready to teach the father and the mother to be true educators. Those who learn in his school will never speak in a hush unsympathetic tone for words spoken in this manner grate upon the ear, wear upon the nerves, cause mental suffering and create a state of mind that makes it impossible to curb the temper of the child to whom such words are spoken. This is often the reason why children speak disrespectfully to parents, to ridicule and taunting. Their parents are not authorized to fret and scold and ridicule. They should never taunt their children with perverse traits of character, which they themselves have transmitted to them. This mode of discipline will never cure the evil. Parents, bring the precepts of God's word to admonish and reprove your wayward children. Show them a thirst saith the Lord for your requirements. A reproof which comes as the word of God is far more effective than one falling in harsh, angry thorns from the lips of parents to impatient. To the impatient parents, impatience is very unchristlike. like Impatience in the parents excites impatience in the children. Passion manifested by the parents creates passions. In the children and stirs up the evils of their nature. Every time they lose self-control and speak and act impatiently, they sin against God. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. A soft answer thorneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. If impatient words are spoken to you, never reply in the same spirit. Remember, a text that a soft answer turneth away wrath and there is a wonderful power in silence words spoken in reply to one who is angry sometimes serve only to exasperate but anger met with silence is a tender forbearing spirit quickly dies away desire of ages three thirty six it says the masterful passions of the heart no human power can control we are as helpless here as were the disciples to quiet the raging storms but he who spoke peace to the billows of galilee has spoken the word of peace for every soul however fierce the tempest those who turn to jesus with the cry lord save us will find deliverance his grace that reconciles the soul to God quiets the strife of human passion and in his love the heart is at rest he maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still then are they glad because they are they be quiet so he bringeth them unto their desired heaven Psalms 107 verse 29 so friends you see that Before we, in the family, before we have unity, we must first learn of Christ. We must come to him. Come to the center where Jesus is. Everybody must be copying this pattern. Said Jesus, I'm reading now from Desire of Ages again, page 353. I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Christ himself did not suppress one word of truth, but he spoke it always in love. He exercised the greatest tact and thoughtful and kind attention in his intercourse with the people. He was never rude, never needlessly spoke a severe word, never gave needless pain to a sensitive soul. He did not censure human weakness. He fearlessly denounced hypocrisy, unbelief and iniquity. But tears were in his voice as he uttered his cutting rebukes. He wept over Jerusalem, the city he loved, that refused to receive him, the way, the truth and the life. They rejected him, the savior, but he regarded them with pity and tenderness and sorrow so deep that it broke his heart. Every soul was precious in his eyes. While he always bore himself with divine dignity, he bowed with tenderest regard to every member of the family of God. In all men he saw fallen souls whom it was his mission to save. The servants of Christ are not to act out the dictates of the natural heart. So you see, the servants of Christ are not to act out the dictates of the natural heart. They need to have a close communion with God, lest under provocation self rise up and they pour forth a torrent of words that are unbefitting. That are not as dew of the steel showers that refresh the withering plants. This is what Satan wants them to do, for these are his methods. It is the dragon that is wrath, it is the spirit of Satan that is revealed in anger and accusing. But God's servants are to be representatives of him. He desires them to deal only in the currency of heaven, the truth that bears his own image and superscription. The power by which they are to overcome evil is the power of Christ. The glory of Christ is their strength. They are to fix their eyes upon his loveliness. Then they can present the gospel with divine tact and gentleness. And the spirit that is kept gentle under provocation will speak more effectively in favor of the truth than will any argument however forcible. so let parents go to christ father mother children all go to christ give him your hearts and learn of him it is my prayer that with his words in our lips we will turn the hearts of our children to him also amen let us pray Our Father and our God, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for another opportunity to make things right with you. We thank you for your word even today that you demand our heart. It is the first thing you want. If we make changes from the outside, it might never reach the heart. But you walk from the inside out. You've told us to guard our heart for out of it flows the issues of life. Help us to guard it diligently. May we, O Lord, surrender to your words that you feel us. Feel us with thy words even today. This is our prayer to Christ our Lord. Amen.